Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick with your hosts Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts tackle the topic of unexplained aerial phenomena. In other words, we try to figure out whether aliens would actually travel 100,000 light years just to turn a cow inside out and probe a few rednecks. But hey, everyone needs a hobby, right? I guess I shouldn't judge. Well, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Mark and Ray. Uh, I'm Ray. I'm Mark. And uh, I'm in New York. I'm in Virginia. And uh, we're, we're a podcast. We are. <laughs> we are. Rumor has it. Tonight we're talking about the fascinating topic of UFOs, and there, there's no way we could cover this in a single podcast. I mean, it's a huge topic. It's a big part of, part of popular culture, part of... Um, contemporary folklore uh it's part of the science fiction world uh it's just it's just huge um and it's come to a lot of people's attention recently because the uh, united states government has formalized the process for reporting ufos whereas before uh, the common wisdom was you don't talk about it because you don't want to seem like you're unfit for duty you don't want to seem like a nut job if you're out there flying this expensive plane around and you're reporting seeing bogeys. Also, along with that, there was a New York Times article last weekend and in the Sunday Times that uh, interviewed a couple pilots who have experienced UFOs. And there have been recent releases of UFO footage from fighter jets. I mean, the government's not saying that they're alien or anything, but they are saying that, yeah, this is something that's worth investigating. This is something people are experiencing. It's it's kind of come to light again after a lot of years of pseudoscience and, and uh, pretty outlandish theories about them. Uh, I think uh, the government's taking a serious look, and I think that is quite an evolution from where it's been in the past. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as far as it was just you know deny 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 before, and maybe give it a little wink as a cover story for some things, but uh, not really admitting that these things really exist. So we're going to explore a little bit about the, the history of UFOs, and to lead us down that path is Mark. Good evening. Anyways, the topic of UFOs, I think, is a particularly interesting one. Over the course of the past 70 years or so, there have been a series of official investigations into unexplained aerial phenomenon, but the criticism has really been that the real goal of these studies was to debunk the idea that extra- extraterrestrials had visited the Earth. But the sightings continue. Uh, With every study, it seemed that a majority of sightings could be logically explained. But with each study, a percentage of the sightings could not be readily explained. Accordingly, it's a topic that keeps being revisited. Um, But thanks to an increase in sighting by fighter pilots and incursions into American security airspace, there's been really a push of late that I find unique. We've now reached a point at which we have unusually senior and well-qualified former government officials, security investigators, and aviation experts actually getting together outside the government uh, to collect information and present it to the public and to Congress in the hopes of actually forcing authorities to develop an official approach to reporting and investigating and addressing the issue. Christopher Mellon, who was the uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence in the Bill Clinton and George W. Bush administrations, said that, this is a quote, this is great, um, we know that UFOs exist. This is no longer an issue. The issue is why are they here? Where are they coming from? And what is the real technology behind these devices that we're observing? 
The real issue is, though, that there have been numerous recent incidents involving the military and violations of U.S. airspace. Is it possible that America has been technologically leapfrogged by Russia or China? Or, as many people wonder, might uh, they be evidence of some alien encounters? Unfortunately, we have no idea because we aren't even seeking answers. In this environment, reports of sightings are discouraged, and the intelligence community isn't even interested in pursuing the issue if they do get a report. So there's actually been quite a history to this. In, uh, in 1947, following a series of public UFO reports, the chief of staff of the Air Force Materiel Command at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base requested the initiation of an investigation into UFOs, and that was called Project Sign. Um, I find it interesting that it was at uh, the Air Force Materiel Command. I mean, normally that's your command that does uh, acquisition of major weapons systems and stuff like that. Typically, research is done elsewhere. So uh, I'm not sure if at this time research and development was also done at the Materiel Command, but I thought it was an odd place to center all these investigations. But the, uh, the lore has it for Project Sign that the draft report was that UFOs were real and extraterrestrial in origin, and that when the report was forwarded to the chief of staff of the Air Force, it was destroyed, uh, citing a lack of physical proof. In 1948, uh, this project was succeeded by Project Grudge, which was criticized as having a goal of debunking UFOs. By late 1951, lore has it that the Air Force was so dissatisfied at the study that in March 52, they dismantled Grudge and started Project Blue Book, which ran all the way to 1969 and again had been criticized as having uh, an agenda of debunking. Some examples. In summer of 1965, there were a number of nighttime UFO reports from Texas reporting multicolored lights and large aerial objects shaped like eggs or diamonds. The Oklahoma Highway Patrol reported the Tinker Air Force Base had tracked up to four UFOs simultaneously and that several of them had descended very rapidly from well above 22,000 feet to about 4,000 feet in just a few seconds, an action well beyond the capabilities of conventional aircraft of the area era. John Shockley, a meteorologist from Wichita, Kansas, reported that Weather Bureau radar reflected a number of odd aerial objects flying at altitudes between six and 9,000 feet. Blue Book looked at the information and ultimately determined that the witnesses had mistaken Jupiter or bright stars for UFO. Blue Book's explanation was widely criticized. Astronomers argued that the, the specific stars and planets that Blue Book spoke of were on the opposite side of the Earth from Oklahoma City at that time of year, and radar doesn't pick up planets and stars. The criticism was that ridiculous theories will just raise suspicion amongst the public. In another case, in April 66, two police officers near Ravenna, Ohio, reported what they described as a disc-shaped silvery object with bright light emanating from its underside at about 1,000 feet in altitude. They began following the object, which they reported sometimes descending as low as 50 feet off the ground, and police from several other jurisdictions were involved in the pursuit. The chase ended about 30 minutes later over the Pennsylvania line some 85 miles away. Blue Book's conclusion was that the police officers, one of which was an Air Force gunner in Korea, had first chased the weather satellite and then the planet Venus. At that point, Ohio Congressman William Stanton stated, the Air Force has suffered a great loss of prestige in this community. 
once people entrusted with public welfare no longer think the people can handle the truth, then the people in return will no longer trust the government. And so it went. Ultimately, Project Blue Book was shut down in 1969 and concluded that UFO sightings were really generated as the result of either misidentification of conventional objects, hoaxes for publicity, and mild mass hysteria. But even after actively finding ways to dismiss sightings, out of a total of 12,618 sightings reported, 701 remained unidentified. In the 1990s, uh, the U.S. military published two reports disclosing the true nature of the crashed object in Roswell, New Mexico. They called that Roswell Case Closed. Uh, They basically concluded that a nuclear test surveillance balloon from Project Mogul and then high-altitude bailout tests using crash test dummies were mistaken as aliens. They said that's what Roswell was all about. So what's new? Sightings from combat pilots have not only continued, but have increased. Uh, DOD has reportedly been tracking extraterrestrial sightings since 2007, when then-Senate Majority Leader and proponent of UFO research Harry Reid started encouraging funding for the secret Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which officially ended in 2012. Uh, It looked at issues such as the video of an object resembling a giant tic-tac off the coast of San Diego, which was spotted by two Navy pilots in uh, 2004. Actually, a very interesting story. There was uh, the Nimitz Carrier Group was on exercises in the Pacific, and in the middle of the exercises, the fighter jets got uh, a notification that the exercise was being terminated. They had a real-world tracking mission. So uh, two two of the fighter jets actually intercepted about a 40-foot white capsule-like uh, object. It had gone from like, uh, you know, 80,000 feet to like 40 feet off the water almost instantaneously. Uh, they took a good look. Um, it was flying, but there were n- n- there was no visible propulsion system, no rivets, no windows, no wings. And then when the jets tried to get a closer look, it started moving uh, high speed at erratic angles and sped off at Mach 5. On at least two occasions, F-18 fighters were guided to intercept these vehicles and were able to verify their location, their appearance, and their performance. Notably, these encounters occurred in broad daylight and were independently monitored by radars above multiple ships and aircraft. So in December of 2018, DOD declassified a video documenting an encounter between U.S. Navy F-18 fighters and an unidentified aircraft. Uh, The video captures multiple pilots observing and discussing a strange hovering egg-shaped craft, apparently one of a fleet of such objects, according to cockpit audio. The videos, along with observations by pilots and radar operators, appear to provide evidence of the existence of some type of aircraft far superior to anything possessed by the United States or its allies. We have the the audio of the pilots as they're pursuing the object, and uh, this is what it sounded like. He asks if you're tracking movement, moving target, and they say, no, it's on auto track. So this thing was really uh, moving very fast. 
So the you know the pilot I don't think was trying to keep his nose right on it, but he was letting his his camera swing around and automatically target on it because I don't know if he could have spun around that fast because the way this thing was moving. And on the video, what you see is what looks like kind of a slightly fuzzy sphere with planes sticking out of it that they kind of rotate and spin around. Uh, and it, you know it doesn't look like any anything uh, that should fly. So uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So Defense Department officials who analyzed the relevant intelligence uh, confirmed that there have been more than a dozen such incidents off the East Coast alone since 2015. In, an, in another recent case, the Air Force launched F-15 fighters last October in a failed attempt to intercept an unidentified high-speed aircraft looping over the Pacific Northwest. A third declassified in, uh, video reveals a previously undisclosed Navy encounter that occurred off the East Coast in 2015. So the recent uptick in sightings by the military prompted the Navy to draft formal, formal procedures for pilots to document the encounters, a corrective measure that former officials say is long overdue. So Joseph Gratisher, a spokesman for the Office of the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information, told the Washington Post that these intrusions have been happening on a regular basis since 2014. Recently, unidentified aircraft had, have entered military-designated airspace as often as multiple times per month, and Gratisher emphasizes the need to investigate each and every report. He said, we want to get to the bottom of this. We need to determine who's doing it, where it's coming from, and what their intent is. We need to try to find ways to prevent it from happening again. So a recent uptick in sightings of unidentified aerial phenomenon prompted the Navy to draft formal procedures for pilots to document these encounters, try to destigmatize uh, the reporting. Um, Louis Elzano, who's a former intelligence officer, who's actually one of the investigators on the Harry Reid-directed uh, uh, UFO investigation for DOD, told the Washington Post that the new Navy guidelines formalized the reporting process and that's going to help facilitate data-driven analysis while removing the stigma from talking about UFOs. He calls it the greatest decision the Navy has made in decades. Another key player that I'll be talking about is Chris Mellon, the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. And he was a, previously a staffer on the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, he was less laudatory. He says, I don't believe in safety through ignorance, he said. Um, scold he scolded the, uh, the intelligence community for a lack of curiosity and courage and a failure to react to a strong pattern of sightings. Mellon said that in the 50s and 60s, there may have been a push to debunk sightings because the Cold War was in full swing and there was a push to not create public hysteria or reports that may overwhelm air defense capabilities. In some cases, pilots, many of whom are engineers and academy graduates, claim to observe small spherical objects flying in formation. Others say they've seen white tic-tac-shaped vehicles. Aside from drones, all engines rely on burning fuel to generate power, but these vehicles all had no air intake, no exhaust. Uh, it's very mysterious, and they still seem to exceed our aircraft in speed, he said, calling it truly radical technology. According to Mellon, Awestruck and baffled pilots concerned that reporting unidentified flying aircraft would adversely affect their careers tended not to speak up, and when they did, there was little interest in investigating the claims. 
He said, imagine you see highly advanced vehicles. They appear on radar systems. They look bizarre. No one knows where they're from. This happens on a recurring basis. Agencies do not share this type of information. It's difficult to know the full extent of the activity. Still, he estimated that dozens of incidents are witnessed by naval officers in a single year, enough to force the service to address the issue. Pilots are upset, and they're trying to help wake up a slumbering system, he told the Post. Uh, Louis Elzano, a former senior intelligence officer, said in an interview with the Post, if I came to you and said, there are these things that can fly over our country with impunity, defying the laws of physics, and within moments could deploy a nuclear device at will, that would be a matter of national security, he said. With the number of U.S. military personnel in the Air Force and Navy who describe the same observations, the noise level could not be ignored. This type of activity is very alarming, Elzano said, and people are recognizing there are things in our aerospace that lie beyond our understanding. So now we have the DOD working to take the stigma away from reporting unexplained aerial phenomenon and acknowledging we need to address and build a knowledge base uh, about these phenomenon and address this as a national security issue. So now it's not just a group of tinfoil hat UFO conspiracy believers talking about UFOs. Now we've gotten up to a point at which senior government officials or former senior government officials and investigators are specifically discussing the unclassified aspects of the issue in the open with the public and with Congress in an effort to force the government to address the issue. So the players are, I mentioned Christopher Mellon, the former assistant sec def for intelligence, He says, there are craft that are violating our airspace with unknown intentions and extraordinary capabilities. And until we get some answers to the questions about the technology involved and the capability, we shouldn't rest easy. He said, I've lived through and survived intelligence failures, including the 9-11 attack on the Pentagon and the Iraq war. Some of those problems are manifest in the situation again today. And that's part of what concerns me. People are not paying attention or are not engaging. And the data is extremely compelling. We don't want to have to relive mistakes we've seen in the past, like at Pearl Harbor, where radio blips, radar blips were observed and nobody paid attention. If these objects had Russian insignia on them, the government would be horrified. Now, Louis Elzano again, was the former director of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Um, He's he's a senior, former senior counterintelligence officer for the Department of Defense. He operated through Afghanistan. He was a trained special agent who's led countless tactical and strategic missions, both during wartime and times of peace. And so he's part of this program. Also, Steve Justice is one of one of the most respected aviation experts in the U.S. as a former director of the Advanced Systems Development at Lockheed Martin's Mysterious Skunk Works Division. And uh, he led research and development of classified programs for the military. Now, this group of people is actually doing a six-part special on the History Channel called Unidentified uh, Inside America's UFO Investigation. So, ultimately... As I see it, I think, you know, the basic theories are, what are the possibilities? Some glitch or natural phenomenon. For example, there was a big bump in sightings when aircraft moved from 1980s era radars and night vision systems to a new 21st century version that was converted in about 2012. But the problem is it also happens across technical platforms and can sometimes be viewed by the naked eye. It's possible the aliens are here 
It's possible that adversaries have hypersonic craft. And it's also possible that the U.S. the U.S. has these craft and they're testing them against the strongest defense system in the world. And that's our own. And not necessarily even craft. They could be advanced forms of, of electronic countermeasures, uh, you know, decoys, different types of decoys that they're testing. And what better place to test them than against our own uh, our own forces and uh, doing a, a blind test where people aren't expecting it. And, but what's interesting there, I mean, that might well be true. Uh, it all goes back to how much you trust your how much you trust your government. We have kind of a spotty track record there. But one thing in one interview that uh, Christopher Mellon, that uh, former assistant DepSec for intelligence, he said uh, he was asked the same thing uh, by a senator on the Hill. And he said, he said, no, absolutely not. He goes, you know, not only was I never briefed on anything resembling this in terms of U.S. capabilities, but he said, we've never seen an indication of any kind of testing or development. And one thing we definitely wouldn't do is when you're talking about the Nimitz carrier group, you know, you got a lot of sailors out there and a lot of armaments. What we would never do is endanger military personnel in an armed environment by sending aircraft at them that we're intentionally not identifying just to see how they handle it. It would create too much of a safety issue. So it's just sort of interesting in terms of trying to figure out what it is. But definitely what I think is interesting is we're out of this. We seem to be out of the cycle of just investigate, deny, investigate, deny. The, one of the things that the, uh, the whole UFO experience has uh, produced is an awful lot of conspiracy theories. And I think they have a way to go to kind of work their way around that. In looking up some of the stuff on this, a lot of things point back to a Rand Corporation study uh, that was issued in 1968 that I think a lot of people misinterpret that the conclusion of the study was that if the government were ever to admit there were UFOs, that there would be mass political and sociological implications. There'd be total social upheaval if we'd have to suddenly change from our human-centric view of the universe to, you know, there's other people out there where, you know, maybe only one of many species, maybe not, you know, not unique to creation as uh, as, has kind of been the the going thought for, for so many centuries. That's not really what the, the study says. It just says that there there will be implications uh, if, if they did that. Uh, so there's this whole mythology, there's this whole mistrust, and I think the government's got a, a long way to go to get past that. For sure. It's interesting. You know, you think about, um, you know, how many, how many planets we're now learning may have water, may have the ingredients for life. I mean, I think it's kind of silly to think that we're alone and silly to think we're the most advanced thing um, in an infinite airspace. Although the technology that we're observing these with has changed significantly since, you know, the late 40s. The experience hasn't really changed. In 1944, uh, we have the first reported incident of what the what can be called Foo Fighters over Germany. U.S. planes, especially the North Northrop uh, P61 Black Widow, which was the first night fighter, uh, was painted black, was outfitted with with radar. One of the first planes outfitted with radar experienced these glowing orbs that would be like out towards the horizon, and they'd go pursue them, and they just disappear. Or they would fly alongside the planes for a while and then just zoom off at really high speeds. And at first it was believed that there was some sort of uh, German weapons. There were theories that they were some sort of floating magnetic mines that were trying to attach themselves to the airplanes. But they didn't behave like airplanes. They were very fast. Uh, they were very ethereal. 
and, and that those kind of reports persisted uh, all the way up until recently. Uh, there was a documented case uh, over Ireland where a number of airplanes experienced these same sort of glowing orbs that were kind of flying around, and we actually have the audio of that. Cool. And uh, this is what it sounds like. It's just a very routine kind of stuff. People asking about turbulence, planes checking in as they're moving into the airspace. And then someone asks a question that's rather interesting. Yeah, so planes are checking in, and then one asks if there's any military traffic in the area because she's seen something moving very fast. Uh, and we'll, we'll listen to more as more and more people check in. We find out that they're, they're not alone in this experience. Uh, along the side, yeah. to uh, come up on our left-hand side and then rapidly veer to the north. Uh, so bright light, and then it's just disappeared at a very high speed. And we were just wondering, we didn't think it was a likely collision course. We were just wondering what that could have been. Okay, and that, that last uh, check in there, the uh, pilot says that the speed was astronomical, like Mach 2, which, uh, which is fast, which is you know much faster than any civilian airplane could go. I, I did have a little audio. Do you think I should add it at this point? Sure. Okay. I think it's appropriate. So what do you think? Should we play this throughout the rest? These are actual recordings from the UFOs, correct? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. It's it's little a little known fact that in the fifties they knew the cinematographers knew what UFOs would sound like. Oh, I have an interesting tidbit, uh, UFO tidbit, and, and tell this me, wraps, tell me, this wraps back around to Tesla. Some people claim that there's a thirteen thousand year old satellite in Earth orbit that uh, is not of this world. Uh, it's called the Black Knight, and it's there was a picture taken from a space shuttle mission in 1998 uh, by NASA that shows this mysterious black object. Now, they say it's probably just a heat blanket that was lost during a, an EVA, but uh, I don't know. A lot of people have said that, no, this is the satellite, and they point back to... It's interesting that they there's no 
coherent story about it, but people have used a whole bunch of separate incidences that aren't related to try to explain this thing. One of them being the radio signals that Tesla picked up in 1899 on, uh, with his experimental gear, that he picked up these radio bursts. And people were saying, see, it was around back then. There were no satellites that were, uh, that were launched by anyone on Earth, so it must be a satellite in orbit that's been there for a long time that he's picking up. That's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, it is kind of an eerie-looking picture. It's just this thing floating over the Earth, uh, and it's got an interesting shape, very angular. Uh, and people, some people aren't buying the, the, the official explanation of what it is. Again, it's, it's that mistrust. Wouldn't you think that somewhere in the bowels of the Pentagon or the White House or the Kremlin or the UN that there's been dialogue about what are we going to do if aliens just show up or if we reach a point where it's just undeniable? Yeah. What, what positions are we going to take? Well, I mean, some of that, the, the, the RAND study, uh, you know, UFOs, uh, let me see, UFOs, what to do kind of hand, you know covered those issues like what do we do what could they possibly be if it's this what do we do if it's that what do we do what what are the implications so they've kind of touched on it a little bit and there there's some people in the UFO community that think that the government's getting ready for some major major disclosure every once couple of years that comes up again and and people have said that movies like ET and Close Encounters of the Third Kind are actually the government getting us ready for disclosure. Right. And a big question is, uh, when the disclosure comes, is it going to be more like E.T. or Independence Day? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Are they friendly aliens? Uh, Or not so much. This is an interesting topic, I think. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've we've really just scratched the surface. But I I find it interesting that, you know, going back to the Foo Fighters, and and not not the group, the the actual bogeys uh, over Germany, that you know what the pilots over Ireland, um, I think that was probably that happened about a year ago. It, it's the exact same experience. The same. It seems to be the same phenomena of just these glowing orbs that are either just off in the distance or come alongside the airplane, follow it for a while, and then just veer off at really fast speeds. So I mean, it could be a natural phenomena. It could be probably not military because it doesn't seem like we quite have, are up to that technology level. There's some people that argue that it's a time travel thing, that it's something from the future. Uh, but you said think, time, you said the time travel was impossible, Ray. That's right. So it can't. I'm just that's I'm reporting on. <laughs> I'm reporting <laughs> what, what people are saying. Uh, there are people that think they're interdimensional. I think I think the most significant thing for me is just the fact that the whole time I've been growing up, the dynamic has been the same. It's like, you know, there's a constant interest. Um, it can't – there's probably something going on because the government keeps getting its nose involved in it, and ultimately it'll debunk it. Um, but that's been the cycle over and over and over again. And, and typically the real um, catalyst to keep pushing – is uh, some private little UFO group or some author of a book or something like that. I don't think I've ever seen a case where very well-regarded former government senior leaders, uh, senior investigators who are like retiring after a career with Department of Defense, you know, people from industry, Lockheed Martin, are getting together and saying, look, we just need a response to this. We got to think it through. 
I mean, I've never seen that dynamic happen before. No, uh, people kind of avoided the topic because they, they wouldn't be taken seriously, personally or, or professionally. You don't want to look like uh, you've got a, a tenuous grip on uh, reality if you're in a high-level high position. So, I mean, and, and all of them, all the people I saw uh, on the show were quick to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this was extraterrestrial, <laughs> but, but what, I, what I am saying is I know what I saw, and I've never seen technology like this before. Yeah. It's like nothing I've seen. So we got to figure it out. It's making incursions on security airspace. One of them was like 50 miles from D.C., you know, um, not too long ago. Yeah, it was right off the East Coast. So, But I think that's worthy to report. And here we are at the cathartic yardstick. On the cutting edge of UFO technology here. Eventually, people will say, where did we first hear this? And you will have first heard about it right here, right here on our live broadcast show, which is broadcast live. Well, while we're doing it. <laughs> yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> we just proved it. We just proved it. That's correct. Now, it's not live when you're listening to it, but that's a separate issue. But we are still alive when you're listening to it, hopefully. If you don't like this topic or you do like this topic, check out catharticyardstick.com and uh, let us know what you think. And let us please give us ideas because... Amongst the tons and tons and tons of email, I can't begin to tell you how much email we get, but if you make a suggestion, we're liable to uh, go ahead and do a topic on it. We just might do it. Because we're that kind of guys. We aim to please. We do. You've been listening to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast, where our standards are impeccable. Skype. <laughs> <laughs>